This bit of lanyap, a little something extra from Forgotten Classics, is all about ravens. I'm going to read a little bit of the preface of Charles Dickens' book, Barnaby Rudge. What people may not know is that Charles Dickens kept ravens as pets, at least a couple of ravens. And there's a raven featured in Barnaby Rudge, which I have just begun. And he is obviously basing them on his own experience because he writes about it in the preface. The other thing that really drew me to this, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned it, but it doesn't hurt to mention it twice. There's a wonderful book called A Dab of Dickens and A Touch of Twain, Literary Lives from Shakespeare's Old England to Frost's New England. And this is by a professor of English, Dr. Engel. It is really captivating. It's a lot of short biographies or biographical sketches, I guess, of some of the greatest authors of all time. And what's really great about these is that he's filling them with ways to look at the authors from their personal lives that you probably haven't heard in the classroom. I mean, I loved this thing. And he tells you just enough that you get really interested in what they wrote because he connects it to that, obviously. Now, one of the things he mentioned about Edgar Allan Poe was that Poe was a struggling writer. He was doing things like book reviews, but he couldn't really get his own work published. And he'd been working on a long poem about his lost love, Lenore. We know where this is going. And so happens Charles Dickens was in America and Poe was a huge fan. So he wrote him this fan letter that was so eloquent that Charles Dickens actually agreed to meet him for lunch. So they meet and Poe is so thrilled, but Dickens seems really melancholy and he asks him why. And he says, oh, we went on a quick family vacation before I came to America. And when we came back, the pet raven that we had shut up in the barn died. And I loved it so much and I'm very sad. And that gave Poe the idea, oh my gosh, that's what I'm missing, a raven. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. That's the actual story of how Quoth the raven, nevermore. (laughs) It happened. So the main thing about this is Charles Dickens writes it so entertainingly. He is such a master of words, even though this is only his fifth novel. He's obviously got that part down, how to entertain us and make us see a picture in our minds. So without further ado, here's a little bit of the preface from Barnaby Rudge by Charles Dickens. The late Mr. Waterton, having, some time ago, expressed his opinion that ravens are gradually becoming extinct in England, I offered the few following words about my experience of these birds. The raven in this story is a compound of two great originals, of whom I was at different times the proud possessor. The first was in the bloom of his youth, when he was discovered in a modest retirement in London by a friend of mine and given to me. He had from the first, as Sir Hugh Evans says of Anne Page, good gifts, which he improved by study and attention in a most exemplary manner. He slept in a stable, 
generally on horseback, and so terrified a Newfoundland dog by his preternatural sagacity that he has been known by the mere superiority of his genius to walk off unmolested with the dog's dinner from before his face. He was rapidly rising in acquirements and virtues when, in an evil hour, his stable was newly painted. He observed the workmen closely, saw that they were careful of the paint, and immediately burned to possess it. On their going to dinner, he ate up all they had left behind, consisting of a pound or two of white lead, and this youthful indiscretion terminated in death. While I was yet inconsolable for his loss, another friend of mine in Yorkshire discovered an older and more gifted raven at a village public house, which he prevailed upon the landlord to part with for consideration and sent up to me. The first act of this sage was to administer the effects of his predecessor by disinterring all the cheese and halfpence he had buried in the garden, a work of immense labor and research to which he devoted all the energies of his mind. When he had achieved this task, he applied himself to the acquisition of stable language, in which he soon became such an adept that he would perch outside my window and drive imaginary horses with great skill all day. Perhaps even I never saw him at his best, for his former master sent his duty with him, and, if I wished the bird to come out very strong, would I be so good as to show him a drunken man? Which I never did, having, unfortunately, none but sober people at hand. But I could hardly have respected him more, whatever the stimulating influences of this sight might have been. He had not the least respect, I am sorry to say, for me in return, or for anybody but the cook, to whom he was attached, but only, I fear, as a policeman might have been. Once I met him unexpectedly about half a mile from my house, walking down the middle of a public street, attended by a pretty large crowd, and spontaneously exhibiting the whole of his accomplishments. His gravity under those trying circumstances I can never forget, nor the extraordinary gallantry with which, refusing to be brought home, he defended himself behind a pump until overpowered by numbers. It may have been that he was too bright a genius to live long, or it may have been that he took some pernicious substance into his bill and thence into his maw which is not improbable, seeing that he new-pointed the greater part of the garden wall by digging out the mortar, broke countless squares of glass by scraping away the putty all round the frames, and tore up and swallowed in splinters the greater part of a wooden staircase of six steps and a landing. But after some three years he too was taken ill and died before the kitchen fire. He kept his eye to the last upon the meat as it roasted, and suddenly turned over on his back with a sepulchral cry of, Cuckoo! Since then, I have been ravenless. I especially liked the story of the raven, who having a large audience was showing every trick he knew. I could really see him glorying in it, and I'm only sorry that we never saw him with a drunken man to see what he would get up to. That's all for now. Until next time.